And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. How long have you been in your bedroom? It's been three days straight with the sheets in your bedroom. Uh, our team is, is one that uh, uh, could have handled uh, the situations on anything we had tonight. We came up short. Uh, we're sick. We're sick. What did you think? Sick. I thought we were good suited to come in here and win this thing. And uh, uh, frankly, uh, I wouldn't say surprised. Uh, I'd say just this is uh, this is uh, very uh, sickening to uh, not win tonight. Uh, we're sick. We're what sick. You, what did you think? Sick. Get away! Hurry up! Come on! This is becoming a catastrophe. Cowboy season's over. We're here to react to it on About Them Cowboys. We got a lot of fallout from the game on Sunday. We got a lot of fallout next week to talk about as we lead up to free agency. We got airing of grievances to get to. We'll get to all of that. Don't worry. But this is About Them Cowboys on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kent, joined by three of the best of the best when it comes to breaking down America's team. We've got John and Sod from the Athletic and, of course, your host. Please welcome Kevin K.T. Turner. Hey, K.T. Hello, Kent, Saad, John. Still here in mourning as we try to get through this thing. I haven't seen sunlight, K.T. I've just been in the dark, you know, closed all my curtains. I was looking, forward to, send, I was looking forward to sending John back out to Philadelphia again. <laughs> and even colder temps. Just to see. But uh, here we are. This is part one of what I would assume would be many uh, mop-up style uh, episodes here. We'll probably talk a little bit about the free agency, uh, you know, free agents moving forward. But we'll maybe go deeper on that, you know, next week uh, because there's there's a lot of things to kind of think about. Let's uh, let's start here because it's kind of uh, still top of mind. Is there anything else that you didn't maybe empty your barrel on on uh, on Sunday night after the game? Any leftover, maybe something you've thought about. It's like, man, I should have brought that up during the Sunday night podcast. Anything that's been on your mind, guys? Uh, nothing that I think that I should have brought up there, but um, I recently was at the Star recording an uh, inter- Fox 4 interview with Mike Ducey and Sam Gannon. And Mike Ducey, right off the bat, asked me, and I thought this was a really good question because it's very difficult to answer. Do you think this season was a success for the Cowboys? Man, that's tough. Didn't, didn't coming in. See, it's hard to answer this question without it like having. It needs to have nothing to do with the coach and his contract and Sean Payton. I know that's impossible, but to answer that question, that needs to be all wiped out because it's about the players on the field. No, no. I you you kind of went to the same spot you went to last year, and I think building block and improving. And I know it's difficult. Was this season a success for the Buffalo Bills? It was not. This season was not a success for the Dallas Cowboys. Was it fine? It was not a failure. 
but it was not a success. No. Yeah, I think I think the tough part for me is Dak's injury because it, when you when you look at how they got through that and what it really should, I mean, just just go back and listen to our podcast after the Bucks game and think about what the expectations almost became for this team, not what they were. I mean, even before the season when they let Amari go, Tyron got hurt, then Dak goes down. It's almost like we all kind of expected them to miss the playoffs, and so that's where Dak's injury and the way that they weathered that storm really throws a whole wrench in the failure success conversation. Because without Dak's injury, I'm I'm with you, KT. I, I think it'd be a failure, but with the way that they got through Dak's injury and where they got to, I, I you know, yeah, maybe not a failure, maybe not a success, but something in the middle. Kent, you're up. Wow, that's tough put me on the spot here i would say no not a success you lost to the same team you lost to last year yeah it's a, a round later or, or whatever and that's how mccarthy has spun it but you had all your guys you were healthy going into this game you just didn't get the job done that's not that's not successful i i mean if they had gotten to the nfc title game i i would be sitting here saying wow this this season was a success no matter they win this game or not. This is a W season. This is tough. This is really tough, especially considering, uh, you know, the quarterback on the other side. Yeah, it was tough for me when I answered it. And at first I said a lot of this, my thought process was the same thing that Saad said, where I was like, yeah, I mean, you could say it was a success because again, it's the way that where are you judging it off of? And I think a lot of what we see in sports is that the goal line is constantly being moved. And and, yeah. I, and and so I try and judge it off of what I thought going into training camp. And when we went into training camp, I mean, you guys see it on social media as much as I do. I mean, we get criticized from time to time about being too negative about the team. I didn't think there was any way that they were going to have, they were going to go as far as they did. One, because they haven't since I've covered the team. They've never <laughs> put together back-to-back good seasons. And so, I mean, you factor that in, and like Saad said, with the Dak injury, where we were thinking at that point, I mean, I think at the, I think at the, I think they were fifteen to one to make it to the Super Bowl or something like. I want to say it was like right before the the Week One game, and then it went to like forty to one or maybe fifty to one, something crazy like that. Like after Dak got hurt, I mean, it was like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. And then they rebound, and then yes, there was a lot of similarities to last year. Um, but I just, again, the, the goal line being moved for me is also like the way they played against the Bucks because it was like, they were so good. And then all of a sudden now it's like, well, yeah, they just beat a bad Bucks team. And you're just kind of like, yeah, I understand that. I didn't, I mean, I thought they were the better team. They should have won, but how well that they played, including the quarterback who is to me by far the biggest, you know, issue in the, in, going into the off season in terms of storyline that needs to be discussed, you know, but I'm just kind of like, it's hard for me to sit there and say it was a failure if you're if you're judging it off of what you've seen in the past from the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, uh, I'd, like I said, I haven't seen them put together back to back good years. So there's a part of me that sits there and goes, yeah, you know, I can also agree with KT where it's definitely not a failure, but it's probably somewhere in between, but it's hard to just say like, Oh yeah, no, no failure. Nope. Didn't get to the Super Bowl, Didn't get to the NFC championship championship game. It's fair. Cause I'll tell you this goal line would have moved again. The goal line would have moved again. If they go to Philly and get blown out. And that's very possible without Tony Pollard. Very possible. Yeah. For teams for teams being owned 15 after they played the Niners, the way they were getting beat up in that Niners game, if they somehow, Dak puts together a good drive, they go for two, score, win in the final seconds, 
go to Philly, get doors blown off. You think that that's like, no, 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 successful. This was a success. NFC Championship game, success. Yeah. They get their doors blown off. You would not be saying that. We react to things pretty immediately. They as beat a- San Fran, I might, though. I, like yeah. San Fran's a good team, you know? Like, if they won on Sunday, I think it changes a lot of perspective. But, but okay, so here's my thing. Okay, so you don't have Amari Cooper. San Francisco's at home this time. Brock Purdy's playing better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And now they have Christian McCaffrey. And oh, by the way, in the second half, they had Fred Warner. They had Nick mm-hmm. Bosa that they didn't have the year before. So are, did they really beat the same exact team? So there's a there's goal line being moved on that one, too, as far as I'm concerned. No, don't make me be the guy sticking up for the Cowboys, please, because no, I really there, don't want to. There, there definitely is. And that's human nature, I think. I think it's population in a fast news cycle world these days where something happens and it's forgotten about in three days. But every year the NFL does... There are th- crazy things that happen in the NFL that it's like, okay, I'm, I learned something new and I never know as much as I think I do. Brock Purdy doing what he has done. Compare that to the Cowboys going 5-0 and with Cooper Rush at quarterback. Kind of what Saab was saying. It's a damn – damn sure is a success based on how we felt that Sunday night and after week one. So I, I, I don't – you know, the bottom line though, when you broaden out and look at it, we're try- We're talking about being in the final four. We're talking about trying to uh, get to that championship game that they can't even get to. Not to mention get to and lose. They can't even get to it. And that was kind of the whole thing. Go back to Troy Aikman's point on the Monday night game after the Bucks, Big win, right? Everyone's feeling pretty good. And I just remember Troy Aikman and Joe Buck sitting there doing their postgame hit with Scott Van Pelt. And Troy's like, well... Mike McCarthy's job should not be safe. Obviously, it shouldn't be safe. But he was like, Mike McCarthy's job is not safe because he was brought here to win Super Bowls. That's the whole reason you got it. Yeah. And I get it. Only one guy can win. So I'm really torn about the Cowboys over the last uh, quarter decade. Quarter decade. Quarter century. I'm very torn about it. We're just now getting to a point where they make the playoffs in back-to-back years. That's just now happening. Yeah. So I... And that, that, that to me is like part of building the program and continuing to build around that. I just think there's a lot of low-hanging fruit that comes, too, when you lose these games. Uh, Like the McCarthy getting criticized for that, like, last play. Okay, yeah, Yeah. clearly clearly them calling a timeout, you need to switch up and run something different. Okay, I get that. And you got to have at least 10 of those plays in your bag anyway just for those kind of – that was a terrible play call, disastrous way to end the season. But then when I hear people start mentioning, like – the Dalton Schultz not getting his second foot down. That's coaching. What are you talking about? Like, this is not peewee. These are adults. They're professional football players. Also, by the way, if you're going to complain about that and you hate the Cowboys coaching staff and you think they're the reason they, they, they lost, then you must have positive things to say about the 49ers coaching staff. Is it, Would that be safe to say? Why is Elijah Mitchell running out of bounds? After he gets yeah. those 13 yards, is that, oh, Shanahan didn't work on that situation? Shanahan's one of the best coaches in football, but no one's going to talk about that because they won. Like, is that on Shanahan or is that Elijah Mitchell? These are professional athletes. Like, that's on Dalton Schultz. That's on da- Dalton Schultz to get knocked back. You don't think he doesn't know that? That's on Dalton yeah. Schultz for 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 not getting the second foot down and not being focused? Like, that's not, oh, well, you just didn't go over your fundamentals this week in practice. We worked on this situation. Like, what are we talking about? These are professional athletes. Yeah, I think I think there's like to piggyback off that another play that like you know you hear that a lot about was like Turpin's return. It's like this dude, this is all he does for a living is, is return kicks for a, for a tu- for 
you know, for, for football teams, like you don't think he, like he's been coached or knows not to run straight into the back of the kicker. Like that's not, to me, that's not necessarily a coaching thing either on fossil that he tells him like, Hey, if you're in wide open field, go run right into the kicker. Like that is what we're coaching you to do. I just judge professional sports on the players, particularly my star players, more so than I do on other things. They are paid yeah. professionals at the elite of the elite level. Uh, this is not any more of the day of, well, when Dak's season's over, he's got a job where, uh, you know, they cut grass and then they uh, he works <laughs> at the Home Depot. Like, no, that's all year round. There's so much studying and everything that goes into this. There's, there's not the coach didn't tell us about this. Like, how did you not know this? You're in your seventh year playing football. So when I go back to what I'm saying, like even Cavante Turpin, Cavante Turpin is like, he's coming, he's coming off of being basically in minor league football. And then all of a sudden, like what they got out of him is like exceeds expectations. Him not getting outside. that, I would never blame that game on him. Trayvon no. Diggs, not catching a ball that hits himself in the stomach and in, in both arms. Dak Prescott starting the second from last series, but what should have been an, a game ending D Greenlaw pick. That has nothing to do with, well, they just didn't scheme it up right. What is he looking at? These are basic things. This isn't about, oh, the scheme wasn't. Here's the scheme. Don't throw it there. Okay, let's say he does. Let's say that doesn't get picked off, and it didn't, and then they live to play another down. Then they get the ball back, 45 seconds. He should have been sacked in the end zone by Eric Armstead. Again, that isn't a scheme thing. That's common sense. What are you doing in that situation? The blaming on the coaches for that, like, they have plenty of stuff to blame it on, but, like, this game is on star key players it's not about uh, geez where were the x's x's and o's in this one like they just got their doors blown off like they didn't like it comes down to Dak needed to play at least just a solid game and he was bad that's why they lost yeah and also if you want to look at the contrast I think look at last year I do put some of that on the coaching staff in terms of the players not knowing who to hand the ball to at the ref sure. to the referee Absolutely. and stuff like that I think that goes to preparation a little bit but but none of that stuff was there this time around. This time, it really was just all on the players. And in all those, both of those situ- situations, we're talking about hopefully being able to get a ball thrown into the end zone to have a chance. Like, this wasn't that good. It's it's always amazing to me though. Like, twenty two of our most physical, fast, and strong men that our existence has to offer go on a field and throw themselves into each other. For hours, and at the end of it, it's as simple as, well, who are we blaming? And I'm right. like, it's just never that simple. And much like last year, there's a myriad of reasons the Cowboys aren't advancing, right? It's a lot of issues. This year, the quarterback's interceptions do stand out more often than last year. I, I'm interested. I, I know you've seen all the tweets uh, from Micah Parsons, uh, John. I'm interested about that. I, I like that Micah just kind of says what he's feeling. I don't think there's any like real animosity there, but it is, it is at least something. And then I saw that Micah Parsons actually responded to a tweet uh, or to um, a video of Buffalo's GM in a press conference today, just discussing that, Hey, we don't want to suck that bad to be, um, you know, to ever have to draft a Jamar chase. Like, sorry, we don't ever want to do that. And Micah had a comment for that. You know, it's like almost like, if you read through some context, you're like, well, Micah could be taking shots at Dak's contract here, but I don't think he's doing that. Also, I think Dak's contract from a salary cap standpoint wasn't that bad last year. It was around $24 million. So, you know, it's not like he was making, we talk $40 million quarterback. That's not what the salary cap hit was. Now, we are staring a $49 million cap hit dead in the eye. 
They got a lot of things to think about in terms of restructuring if they want to do that and go in a little deeper with Dak or not. But you know, his contract really doesn't start hurting you until this next year, and they'll probably restructure that. So I don't know. It's a little bit to throw out there with Micah's comments and yeah. Dak's contract, and then eventually one how other, we should feel about Dak moving forward. One other one that that I was thinking about as well is the I always love the end of the season go to uh, it's Jerry Jones's fault. Because after most seasons, totally get it. Whether he provided distractions during the season, roster wasn't good enough, bad decisions in free agency, bad trades and such like that. What are you blaming Jerry for this year? Uh, preseason things. Amari Stuff Cooper? That happened in the offseason. You think that affected the team? You think uh, Alexandra, that you think that affected the team? Do you think that, oh, no. geez, put him behind <laughs> the eight ball. Alexandra. I think him, him getting Cooper. him getting in him getting in a, uh, an accident with his in, in the Uber. Oh, the only thing, he, yeah, the only thing he did no. during the season, to be honest with you, and this is this is my favorite one to go to. The biggest thing that he did to shake things up during the season was sat there and said, "Man, I would love to have a quarterback competition." And then Cooper Rush went off and balled. So I don't know yeah. that that was a negative. Like, so no. I mean, believe me, like I get it. There's plenty of times where you can blame Jerry, but it's just like it sounds lazy when you're doing it right now. This is one of the top five or six rosters in the league. Their quarterback, their franchise quarterback that you gave $40 million, I got news for you. If Dak Prescott's with any of these other teams, they're paying him $40 million too because there's just not these answers that everybody thinks. They're like, oh, just go to the next quarterback. We'll just find somebody else. Somebody was giving him that money anyway. So you can argue that, oh, wait, maybe they needed to move on from Dak. I think that's a foolish take. You can argue, uh, certainly you should have never have given Zeke that big contract. But that has nothing to do with just this year. You already did that. You can have criticized him in the past. You're, you're stuck with that going into the season. This season, you needed defensive tackle off, went out and got Hankins. You needed another receiver. He was doing everything in his power to get Odell Beckham, but Odell Beckham clearly did not want to play. So what does he do? He, go gets, he, he goes and gets T.Y. Hilton. Like It's not like they just sat on their hands and were just like, well, we'll just see what we do here. Uh, uh, did they swing and miss on Kelvin Joseph? Absolutely. They also found Jerron Bland. So, I mean, it's just like, there's like a lot of things where you're just that like, stuff's on this Jerry. is Jerry. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay, it's Jerry's fault that Brett Maher was missing extra points. Like they no. got lucky that Brett Maher was as good as he was during the season. They were able to overcome the Garibay situation. They didn't have anybody to punt and kick return. They found Cavante Turpin. Like, I don't know, like the whole blaming Jerry for like this team falling short. I'm just kind of like, okay, like, yeah, you can factor that in. But like, if that's your go-to when the season's over, I'm just like, there's plenty of seasons to do that. I don't see that with this one. Sorry. No, it's, it's another example of it's not just one thing. It's a bunch of things. Because the Jerry thing is strictly, I mean, Jerry plus Jalen Tolbert plus Michael Gallup not coming back from a torn ACL. Yeah, no, the Amari thing is... why when Tony Pollard gets hurt, you only have one explosive player on the field. Yeah, no, the Amari Cooper thing, for sure. You can totally point to that. Absolutely. I will, I will always go on that. Um, I... I guarantee you they thought Gallup was going to be better than this, and obviously yeah. they thought they would get at least something out of Tolbert. So, yes, wide receiver, they absolutely missed on that. But at the same time, with the way the quarterback had played this year, with the high highs and the low lows, even with Amari Cooper out there, you can't promise me that they would have beat the 49ers and moved on. I, that is no. not a guarantee. I also think there's this thing where, uh, you know, sometimes we get caught up in one thing like or one sequence or one play or something like that. Um, like a lot of people like, you know, going back to Des catch, like if he caught it, then you win. Well, Aaron Rodgers is going to come down and score on the next drive, regardless of if Des catches that or not. And so I think same thing with what John's saying. It's like even the Dalton Schultz thing, I, I, I totally understand being critical of him for what, for his two plays on the last drive, totally get it. But to KT's point, you were doing that for a hail Mary try 
at, to get into the end zone. Even if he makes the right plays on those two plays, there's no guarantee that they actually score a touchdown and tie the game, let alone then win the game in overtime. And the same thing with Amari Cooper. Like I think, yes, it would have been smart to have him and, and have him in that position. But again, there's no guarantee that just because he's there, he would ne- the Cowboys wouldn't necessarily overcome it. So what do, what do we do? go back to the quarterback here? I mean, look, it's it's a week to week. We talked about a lot of this on Sunday night. How should you feel about your quarterback situation moving forward? So um, they ain't yep. excited about it anymore, right? It's like, yeah. When fine I was with it, okay on, with it, sure. On the flight flight back, I came up with a list of the quarterbacks that if if whatever that the teams that have these quarterbacks came to you and were like, hey, let's do a deal. You know, whatever it takes, but you can have this quarterback, and either we'll take Dak or you guys move on from Dak. I came up with six. That's it. Six quarterbacks that I would do it for, and that's basically Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, Joe Burrow, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert. Kind of missing some. Who am I missing? There's like an obvious one. I feel like I felt like there was an obvious six. Lamar. Did I didn't Lamar have Lamar in there, but I could I could at least listen to that. I did not have Jalen Hurts in there. I don't know what Jalen Hurts is doing with this Cowboys team. Like I really don't. Yeah. He might he might be fine, but he also you know he, he his shoulder might also be completely removed from his body. So I don't sure. know that you know there's a lot of good the the Purdy Hurts thing. There's a lot of great things going on around them right now. You know, um, I I wrote it down. Let me see what the other guy was. I said okay. I said Joe Burrow. Uh, where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? They're all in the AFC, right? All the guys. <laughs> oh, Aaron Rodgers, KT. Sorry, how do we forget? Oh, that? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers was the other one, and I didn't count Tom Brady because it's like, what is he year to year? We don't necessarily, but I mean, that's fine. You can Jeez. throw in Tom Brady. You can throw in. You can throw in Lamar if you want. Heck, you can throw in Jalen Hurts if you want. Like, still, you're you're getting to like six, seven, eight guys that you would, you're doing this for Derek Carr. You're doing this for for Kirk Cousins, Kyler Murray. You know, Matthew Stafford. There's like a lot of guys that I'm just like. I don't know. They're kind of in the same boat. And then for you to try and move on, which they can't move on from Dak because of the contract right now. But I'm just saying, even if you could, there's a way better chance that you get back into the Quincy Carter, Henson, Hutchinson uh, area than you do. Then you do finding the next Romo or Dak. I mean, it was it was easy to move on from Romo because you had Dak. Like to just all of a sudden cut it loose and be like, well, we're going to find the next guy. We're going to draft him high or we're going to do, you know, do the Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers type things that the Colts have been doing. Like, that's not an answer either. Your best your best thing you can do is give him another playmaker on the outside and potentially move on uh, and move in a different direction with your offensive play caller. But the idea of moving on from Dak right now, I, I'm I don't think that's a good idea at all. I think that I think there's a far better chance that it ends up being a disaster than a success. Yeah, and I think it also, if you heard the Bills GM's comments uh, this week about, like, you know, you don't want to be bad enough to draft a Jamar Chase, like, that's the thing, is that you have to, with quarterbacks, you also, if you're going to draft another quarterback, if you're not going to go this way, this roster is not bad enough to be that bad, even without Dak. I don't think it is. Um, I don't think you're going to be a top five draft pick without Dak um, with the rest of the, if the rest of the things are going. So I think, and the other thing is you can win with Dak. Like you may not be able to win because of Dak, like the whole thing, but you can win with Dak. And so that's, the, that's another reason aside from the obvious contract thing that you have to just kind of ride with it. 
If it was I, uh, everything was even, picks and everything you had to give up, would you rather give up the picks to get Sean Payton or give up the picks to get Aaron Rodgers? See, if Aaron Rodgers' age wasn't a thing, then quarterback slam dunk. I, I don't think Sean Payton is that much of an upgrade over McCarthy. But age, 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 everything. Uh, the past with McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers, all of it. Throw it all in there. It's not even debatable for me. It's easily Aaron Rodgers for me. I just yeah. do not think that there's that significant of a to give up picks and all that to get Sean Payton. I just don't. I mean, I, you just go back and look at what he's done. Since okay, so the the Packer, Packers won that Super Bowl with McCarthy in 2010. The year before is when Peyton won it in 2009 with the Saints. Mm-hmm. If you look at from 2009 until last year, there's three consecutive seven and nine seasons in there, and there's only one time that they even got to the conference title game. And, and that's clearly why you'd be getting rid of McCarthy is to get to the conference title. They get farther. He only did it one time. It's the one where they you know they they got screwed on that call against the Rams in, in 18. On that, clearly should have been pass interference. They probably would have won it in, in regulation. Uh, and then they went to overtime. The Rams end up winning it, going to the Super Bowl, whatever. So one time since 2009, they got, and then this is going to be the guy that's going to get you there. And oh, by the way, he had Drew Brees during that. He's not bringing Drew Brees with him. Like, and then you got to give up picks for him. Like I just, and, and I bring him this up because he's the only guy that's on the table that, yeah. that you would, you that you would even think of moving on for. Uh- so I don't necessarily even think I'm with you. I don't necessarily think that Sean Payton's even like a clear upgrade. Um, yeah. And the, and the other thing I would say is like, yo, nine McCarthy and 10. Those are when those guys were prime head coaches in this. Right. League. Um, your prime head coach in the league, just one of the prime head coaches in this league just beat you um, <laughs> for the second year in a row of the playoffs. But well, I'd say the only thing that's interesting to me about Sean Payton, and I'm not even 100% sure how committed I am to this, is that he is someone who would throw a lightning bolt into the last decade of the way things have been in terms of probably needing a hand in some player personnel. Because we know that McCarthy doesn't have uh, or need to have much of a hand in player personnel. Dan Quinn still has a big say in things. We know that. Sean Payton, the idea that he might have or demand a little bit of say in that. But then on the flip side, I'm like, has it been that bad no. roster wise? No. It hasn't. It's been a top ten roster in the NFL for no. a long time. So I'm not sure that things need to change that much outside. You just need to hit on some more things. You need here's my you know what my gripe is they don't participate in free agency and they don't really participate well in trades. Like trading Amari Cooper for a fifth round pick. And I'll go back and say Javarius Ward for a fifth round pick. But trade, not, you can't just look back at trades and what hit or missed. But trading Amari Cooper for a fifth round pick before free agency even started just showed a real lack of understanding of what the hell's going on. But it's like, why don't you see what the wide receivers do in the free agent market first? You know, yeah, I don't, yeah, think man, I, I don't know, man. Pull like their fifth round pick. Off I mean, the table. I love what Howie Roseman did this offseason. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and I would, I would love to cover a team that 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 was that. Um, aggressive and and did some of those moves, but man, this Cowboys last whatever nine months. I don't know, man. There ain't many. There ain't many personnel swings and misses, man. Because if you factor in what yeah. they gave up to get a lot of these things, whether you talk about Turpin, you talk about Brett Maher, Anthony Barr, um, you talk about uh, God, who else was I thinking of? Hankins. Hankins is another one. Uh, oh, hey, that one-year deal that they gave to bring back Leighton Vanderesh was great. And Jaron uh, Curse. <laughs> yeah, Jaron Curse, yeah, for sure. Um, hold on, I got the roster right here. Um, Nailing the Tyler Smith pick. Moving Tyler on Smith from pick. Lyle. Yeah. 
Dante Fowler, you didn't really invest much in. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know, man. There's not many. There's not many things that I see on here other than the only one that will stand out to me, of course, is Amari Cooper. That's it. And yeah, yeah that's that's a bold move. Yeah, and also KT, to your point about about Peyton, not really you know, the, the dynamic of Peyton with the Cowboys. I also think that look. The coach's salary, nothing is under the salary cap. Jerry, if he wanted to, could money whip and get whatever coach he wanted to get, to come in here. But there's also a, an entirely different dynamic that goes on with the Cowboys head coach. Like You have to be able to play ball with Jerry. You have to be able to deal with everything that comes with that. And Sean Payton has never dealt with Jerry. Like He was an assistant, but he's not dealing with Jerry as an assistant head coach like or assistant coach. Like I think that's a whole different ball game when yeah. you know the 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 Saints ownership is like sure yeah absolutely demolish our salary cap situation and do whatever you need to win and we're not gonna hold press conferences after every game outside the locker room. Sean Payton doesn't have an idea of what that's like. Just, well, I mean he has an idea. He was he was here, but being a head coach versus an assistant dealing with that stuff like it is totally different. Yeah, well, that's yeah. why I think it's an interesting, that's why I brought up the, the Aaron Rodgers thing because, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, like he says, he probably has another MVP in him and whatever that means. Um, and, and you probably aren't getting the same Aaron Rodgers that we saw four or five years ago. But the idea that Sean Payton would be brought in to shake things up, you don't think Aaron Rodgers would shake things up? You know, Jerry's, Jerry's going on, Jerry's going on 105 through the fan on Tuesday and Cowboys quarterback Aaron Rodgers is going on the Pat McAfee show. You don't think that, that, <laughs> That Rodgers would be, wouldn't be stirring things up. Hey, hey, Aaron, I got to ask you about uh, what Jerry said today. Yeah, you think that he would just be politically correct and say all the right? I mean, he would be shaking things up too. I think Jerry would go after Brady before he'd go after Rodgers, maybe for that yeah. sole reason. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're probably right. <laughs> but I, just when you were saying shaking things up, like because obviously yeah. Sean Payton's hey, got a strong personality. Speaking so of shaking things up, uh, you guys have seen Home Team, right? Maybe he can inject some humor into the locker room. You haven't seen Home Team? Sorry. I didn't see Home did? Team. Starring anybody? Kevin James as Sean Payton. Nobody? Oh, my God. We're aware okay, of what I it see. is. That's yeah, why we I didn't for- see it. <laughs> I forgot what it was because I wanted it to go away so fast. Came out oh, like I didn't this forget. year, didn't it? A year ago. It I was guess. like a year ago. Yeah. I thought things couldn't get worse, and they did that. And I didn't even watch it. I just saw the trailer. Okay. okay. If, if, oh, if you got to pull... see a KT. Wow, that's a letdown. <laughs> you too, John. Is there a talking dog in you it? Got, it's I'm got out. it's got Kevin James and Sean Payton. What else do I need to say? That's the sell. If you pulled like all, uh, let's just say a million Cowboys fans, okay. If you pulled them, and none said, of them have seen that movie. Sorry, go on. Move on. <laughs> yeah, zero percent. Um, and it was. Ride it out. We'll finally get there with Dak, or you've got to lose for three years straight in order to get your next franchise quarterback. What would they say? Well, I think I think they would say right now, lose three years straight and get your franchise quarterback. I think it would be close. I do think it would be like a. I think it'd be like a fifty-five, forty-five. But I do think fifty-five would roll with would continue to roll with Dak. I I do think. but when you say that, I th- I like to, I like to throw this out there because when the way you worded it made me think of this, the person in charge. I can't see would ever want to go back. You talk about not wanting to have. I don't have time to have a bad time. 
the idea that, of course, he would like to win a Super Bowl is number one, but he there's no chance he wants to go back to Quincy Carter, Drew Henson, Vinny Testaverde. Those five years right there in between, five or six years, whatever it was, between Aikman and Romo, the chance that that could potentially happen, I don't see Jerry for the rest of his living days on this earth ever going away from unless he has an automatic, like something already ready to go. And I don't think he's re, re, reloading for a draft type situation. It's It'll be, there's a better chance of him doing the Colts thing of the Phillip Rivers or Matt Ryan type veteran guy adding them if he was going to move on from Dak than he is, let's just tank for a year and then we'll draft a quarterback. I just do not see Jerry Jones wanting to do that at all. Also, when you do that, when you have that strategy, like you have no guarantee one where you're going to end up in the draft the following year. You don't know if you're going to end up being one, two, three, four, five. Secondly, even if you do, I mean, look at the Jaguars, right? Like they went from what? It was Byron Leftwich and David Garrard for a while. Then they went through this dry spell. They're trying to get Blaine Gabbert, Blake Bortles, and then you just happen to have the number one pick when the most generational guy since Peyton Manning or Andrew, well, since Andrew Luck, the most one of the most generational guys of this century just happens to come up when you're number one. There's no guarantee that happens. Like that franchise went through Bortles and Gabbert and 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 suffered through that. So I, I think you know there's also just the no guarantee thing of those three years as well. And I know that there's still a lot of cards that need to be played in this whole situation, but. You know, I think a lot of people look at, you know, you can bash the Cowboys and they're they're an easy target. I get that. But there's not many people bashing the 49ers right now. I mean, they're like the golden child. Like they do everything right and all that. And can you guys tell me right now for sure with everything they mortgage that Trey Lance is their future? No, that's a high pick that they went and they seem to really know how to run shop. I mean, they seem to be loaded at everything on the field except for quarterback and they haven't been able to find it. So you're going to trust me that you're going to go. Romo, Dak, and then another person that's at least at that level or better. Good luck. By the way, they Romo is undrafted, and and Dak was a fourth round pick. So, but that's what that's what that's what goes into people's thought process. Side, you lose to Mister Irrelevant. Oh well, we found Romo. We found Dak in the fourth round. We'll do that again. I bet you don't. You yeah, I bet you don't. History of that. Yeah. Uh, the, the percentages that Brock Purdy ends up sucking. Oh, hold too, on, hold on. There's one the more. There's <laughs> one more. Cooper Rush wasn't even drafted. Look at it when he got in there. <laughs> that's a, that's what goes to, to to their head though. Is what could you do with that forty million? And I want to see an NFL team try it. I want to see an NFL team try it. Perhaps it could be a team. The Forty Niners uh, are doing uh, it. Brings back their old <laughs> yeah, center true. to be the head coach. But I would the, love to see a team try it. The Forty Niners are doing it. <laughs> but they fell ass backwards into it. You're right. you know, the, 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 the in a way, and Eagles fell ass back. I was going to say, in a situation. way, the Eagles have kind of been doing it too. Yeah. The way they moved on from Backwards. Wentz, and they were like, they literally they went they went a Super Bowl They're with a with up. a quarterback that can't work anywhere, and then all of a sudden he leads them the Super Bowl and just has monster throws. Like that was that's as crazy as anything I've seen. And then the fact that like Hertz is a second round pick, and I mean he's a guy that Alabama gave up on. You know, like I just. Mm. It is. It is. A, it is a wild way to go teams, about it. That's what's frustrating. But isn't okay. So if that's if that is a, if that is a, a theory or a possible way to go about it, doesn't that speak to the Cowboys 
staying the course, continuing to try to build this defense, this offensive line, add weapons. So then if Dak continues to be erratic, you have everything else around there for whoever the next guy is. And, and when I say, you know, like drafting quarterback, whatever, like, you, you know, that makes no sense. Like with the first round, or I'm not saying that they shouldn't take one in, you know, like the third or fourth or like later on. I mean, I'm, I'm not opposed to that at all, but I'm saying like you take a quarterback in the first round this year or even the second, like as soon as Dak has one of these bad games, everybody's going to be like, well, let's see what, you know, so-and-so has got going on here. Let's, you know, you're not going to get any time to bring that. And I don't know that that's, that's necessarily the right way to go about it. Also, I don't think this is a great quarterback draft. So there's also that. I love the people that just think, oh yeah, you just get a high pick, you take quarterback win. It's like, you all think all these quarterback drafts are equal. They're not. The, the thing that sticks out to me is the Jets and Zach Wilson. Having a second pick, oh, we'll just draft a franchise quarterback, just taking a dude Baker, and, and not Wentz. being the guy. Well, and I'll go even that further on that. Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold. I'll yeah, go even further so on that. Guys. I'll go to somebody that's at least had some success. Um, let's say they move down from Dak and their quarterback right now is Justin Fields. While I think Justin Fields has some really good upside, particularly with his running ability too, you can't tell me right now that you think he's going to be a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. You can't tell me right now that Justin Fields is going to have a better career than Dak Prescott is. And I think that, and I do think Justin Fields is going to be a good player. I really do. I like him. Um, but I don't, I don't know that. Dude, uh, uh, Kavanaugh, who I do a morning show with on the freak is, uh, he, he brought up and he was like, it's not possible, but let's just play a little radio here. What about Lamar Jackson? Yeah. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Lamar Jackson is a guy who's fighting with his team and they're having a negotiation. The real big thing to remember right now, and it's while the Cowboys did drag their feet on the Dak Prescott contract, they ended up getting a pretty good deal by the time we're going to look at things because Deshaun Watson getting 100% guaranteed money changed everything. Lamar Jackson will go get 100% guaranteed money. Yeah. That is going to happen. All the money will be guaranteed and the cap will be killed. And that's, well, not killed. The cap will be eaten up a little bit. The cap will continue to go up. If you tell me, if you can tell me, he can, going now. if you tell me he can stay healthy, I'd entertain Lamar. Jack. I just, the way he plays the game, I just have my doubts that he's going to be able to stay healthy for full season. And to be honest with you, two of the, the most successful things they have for the Cowboys these last two, these last two seasons is that they had relatively good health going in the playoffs. So that's a lot of money to somebody that man, one hit and you're completely gone and you're, and you're playing your backup in the most meaningful time of the year. That's my only thing with Lamar. I, I just, I'd be a little nervous about that. Yeah. My other thing with Lamar uh, watching the Ravens from afar is John Harbaugh really tore down that offense and built it around Lamar. Like it's a very Lamar Jackson friendly offense with the tight ends, the running game and all that stuff. And I, you know, they have a real commitment to Lamar Jackson. I think, you know, you have to kind of build your roster around that a little bit. And I don't know that the Cowboys are there right now. Not that you can't get there, but then it's like what, what what John said too. Like if you're starting, if you're doing that for your starting quarterback, your backup quarterback better be able to slide in and do something similar or at least have a similar style um, than, you know, going from Lamar Jackson to Cooper Rush. Like you can go from Dak Prescott to Cooper Rush, but going from Lamar to Cooper Rush is a lot tougher. And you have to consider the backup situation because he's going to get hurt. So I think all that stuff, you know, definitely comes in play for someone like Lamar. I'd entertain it, but I wouldn't be, you know, salvaging my my future for that. Saad, you have uh, in that scenario, uh, Will Greer is Lamar's backup. Yeah, yeah. Former Cowboys legend. If if I were to throw a lightning bolt into it, I'm not one of those guys guys that thinks uh, Kellen sucks either because it's amazing he's still around and you keep putting up a lot of points. 
Oh uh, no, Kel- Kellen. More- Kellen's thing is that whole like coach that's been around because it's not just Kellen. It's the fact that it's also it's Kellen is a Linehan guy, so it's just like this entire seven years have been the same thing. Yeah, the move on but from Kellen never- would just be because a it's just time to shake it up. Like like you got to do something yeah. different. Bring in and bring in a, like a a young offensive mind that maybe thinks a little bit outside the box, and you put him in a room with McCarthy, and you just kind of change some things up. Yeah, maybe that's it. But you just do some things that are a little bit different to shake some things up. That hey. Yeah, Dak's going to have to adjust to. It won't be like, you know, perfectly curtailed to exactly what he wants to do. A lot of things will, but there's a little extra stuff that they put out there. Maybe that impacts the way they draft. Maybe, a, a, you know, uh, more of a gadget type player that they wouldn't have drafted in the past or something along those lines. But that that type of thing kind of makes sense to me a little bit. But it's not because I think Kellen Moore is awful. Like, I don't. I, yeah. I, I think he's going to, if he's not with the Cowboys, he's coaching somewhere else next year. And I think he's going to be coaching in the NFL for a long time. Well, while Kellen's the poster, uh, the, the poster face of, uh, of uh, the poster child would be the word I'm looking for. The poster. Oh, child he's the poster child. Kind of t- he's the poster child for every Dak diehard that backed themselves into a corner and always said that he was like the greatest thing ever. And so now it's like you're looking around like, um, uh, 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 uh offensive coordinator, offensive. What is this guy doing? Like, what is he doing? Doug Nussmeier getting off scot free right. here. You know, that, well, that's uh, another one. When he had Kitna, when he had Kitna. Or, or then I love hearing when he had Sanchez on. Like, I mean, where do these excuses? You can just say yeah. the guy didn't play well. I mean, it's fine. Like, we all love Dak. We yeah. would love for him to do well. But I understand you're backed in a corner and and you're just you're this you're this possum and and you're trying to get away from everybody. But like, you can sit there and call it for what it is. That like he was not good this year. He was not good enough. He had high highs. That that Tampa Bay game that was pretty high. But he's he's too erratic for if you want to ultimately win win the big deal. You, if you're paying him what you're paying him. That's not changing. Whatever his cap number is, if they restructure him and all that, let me just ask this question. Philosophically, there's got to be no chance Zeke's on this team next year. Um, but I, I'll believe it when I see it, I guess. Philosophically, would they be wise to kind of counter what a lot of the league is doing? Well, at least kind of going a lot of two safeties back and things like that. And go back to more of a 2016 style. Let's kind of load up the offensive line. Maybe we draft a running back. Um, I understand the devaluation of running backs. I'm in the boat of franchise tag Tony Pollard, but we'll save that conversation for next time. But would you kind of move towards, let's see if we could be a little more run heavy. I don't think that's the way to win in the NFL. I really don't. But I wonder if just kind of the decision makers on this team might be thinking about that as – as time goes on here, maybe you get a good running back in the second round. Maybe you try to figure out what you're doing at that guard position. You got a decision to make on Tyron Smith. I just wonder if the Phils, like philosophically, if things might change a little bit. I think they just need to give Dak three good wide receivers and go see what happens. But yeah, I would. I mean, I would say I, I get the whole running back thing. I'm not a huge I, like. I see the mocks with Bijan Robinson, and he's a great player, but I'm not drafting a running back in the first round. No. I would rather draft no. another offensive lineman in the first round. I mean, let's let's be honest. How about we play to our strength? What do we always hit on in the first round? Offensive lineman. We could also use another offensive lineman. That would be fine for this team. I mean, again, the team I watch the most outside of the Cowboys is the Lions. Like Jared Goff played pretty well this year. Because we could play behind that offensive line. I mean, they've been awful for a long time, so they've been spending a lot of high-round picks on their offensive line. So now the Lions have a very good offensive line, and it makes your quarterback look a lot better. I would rather go that route in the first round than to take some running back uh, who, yeah, yeah, if everything's great, he could, you know, he could be NFL offensive rookie of the year. I don't care about that in the running game. Like, I'm fine with 
Tony Pollard, bring him back. If you can't get a long-term deal, franchise him, draft a quarter, draft a running back somewhere else. But I'm, I would much rather draft a wide receiver in the first round than a running back. Yeah, yeah I think I, I, I think one thing for me and John and John, you and I had this conversation in the press box earlier this season with what the running back position say they do let, let Zeke go and then I don't know what they do with Pollard I think if you franchise him if Tony Pollard is back in any capacity under the franchise tag or a long-term contract I, I I'm 100% with that as well the other thing is though is if you want to use that money and you want to actually be active in free agency and, and let Tony Pollard go too and Zeke is gone as well I don't know that I have a huge problem using a bottom of the first round pick like the way that the Chiefs did with Clyde Edwards Hilaire um, something like that where you know the the problem to me is not necessarily but do you think that's worked out for them though no but I, but, but like my thing is is like it, it's different I, I think when Cowboys fans and and people like a lot of us that have followed this team for a long time think about using a running back in the first round we're thinking Zeke and we're thinking number four overall pick whereas like if you're picking a running back at 26 27 whatever it is and then like you know Derrick Henry second round so I'm not even saying first round but I'm saying even second round, the, to me, the most egregious thing with the running back position is giving them the second contract. I think that's the worst thing you can do is it, I, I'd rather you burn a, a little bit of draft capital. Again, not necessarily first round, but even a second round pick on a running back than give Tony Pollard a monster deal that's overpaying him um, for even the long term. So I, I guess that's where I kind of fall on that. Yeah. I'm fine well, with that too. Yeah, I just I, I'm me personally the way they've drafted on the offensive line, that's very intriguing to me again because I know it's not the sexy pick, but where they're at at 26, maybe they find another player that maybe that's your left guard uh, who also has some position flex. So if Terrence Steele or Tyler Smith were to go down, they can play a little bit of uh, you know tackle, you know, or or they're a guard who has some some ability to play some center. Um, so if things aren't working out with Biotis, you have something there like. That that intrigues me just because they've been able to hit in the first round on those on those picks, um, more so than a, than a running back does. Well, they sure need a corner too. Yeah, for sure. Um, but then again, if if you build yeah. up if you build up the rest of the defense, I mean, the Niners make an argument for if everything else is good, you can get by with some guys. Lots of free agents. We'll discuss that in our next episode. We'll get to some of that stuff. Should they stay or should they go? Sometimes don't you don't even have to be that great at corner. The opposing quarterback just throws you the ball. And yeah, you drop it. That works. And then you drop it, yeah. In a game. In a big game once. Yeah. Once. In the big hey, when's, did, uh, did we did we talk about this on the pod? When's the last time that Trayvon Diggs had an interception? It's been a while. Did we talk about it? I don't remember. Did we bring this I up? I think we did. We were. I think it was part of our just kind of okay. vamping uh, or, 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 or venting after yeah. the game. Yeah, Dak's first game back from injury against the Lions, yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, now we're assuming that Dan, well, I don't know. I don't think you should. There's only five head coach openings, right? Yeah. But, uh, Dan and Kellen could be here. They could be gone. It sure feels like Dan Quinn's going to get one this year. It does. But also the, the other part that's interesting to me on that is, and I understand that there's a lot of people that think that they should just promote from within, you know, give, give it to Joe Witt Jr. or, um, George Edwards, and 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 that's and that's fine. But this is an extremely attractive position. I feel like you have yeah. Micah Parsons. It's a good defense. It's the Dallas Cowboys. I think you. I think you go out and get a, a former head coach, like someone that's been a head coach in the last couple of years. Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio. Uh, hold on, I'll I'll look up some names real quick. Brian Flores. Brian Flores is certainly a possibility. Not Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> I just Kent, need to get Kent, John going a little bit. Kent, go ahead and mute him for the rest of the show. <laughs> um, what about uh, what about Lovey Smith? He oh, was yeah. with the Bears. Oh, he was oh, with yeah. the Bears. He yeah. was with the Bears Solid. forever. When Lovey loves love Lovey. Um, and by the way, you the, think back to Lovey Smith's Bears defenses and like the personnel and some of that stuff, like with Lance Briggs and and you know some of that they have going. Steve Wilkes, um, you, yeah, you said Brian Flores. The other wild card out there, I, I don't think they'd go this direction, but there's obviously a, a lot of connections with Mike Zimmer. I don't think that they would go that route, but if they move on from Dan Quinn, I mean, if you look at Mike McCarthy's track record, 
it's generally the defensive coordinator of someone who has had previous head coaching experience. Don't and all those papers. and all those people that we just named all have had coaching experience. So I don't think that you just promote from within. I really think you go out and you get somebody that's going to implement their own things as well, who has head coaching experience. Like I just, I find it hard to believe that these guys wouldn't, you know, obviously they really bought into Dan and they love Dan and, and they would love for him to return. And that's obviously best case scenario to continue growing on, on what he would do. But I think that there's some other guys out there, like some of the names we just mentioned, I'm sure that these guys would play for. And it cause I understand there's going to be in the back of your mind, like, Oh, don't do another Mike Nolan. Hey, believe me, I get the PTSD. Of course, you don't want that to happen again. But I think that there's some good options out there. And it's a very attractive position, much more so than it was in 2020 uh, when Mike Nolan was the uh, DC. I mean, you have a Micah Parsons. There's going to be a lot of guys that want to get back in the head coaching ranks going, yeah, let me coach that Cowboys defense for a year or two. And I know I'll get another chance to be head coach again, you know? <laughs> yep. Boy, money whip D'Amico Rines if he doesn't oh, get a job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is his, what, yeah. if, what about his contracts like in San Francisco? I don't know if he's free or not. Who knows? A lot of times they don't make some of that stuff public. That's that's interesting to see. Five jobs. One of those jobs. Uh, I'm two of those five jobs have like it's wild because three of those jobs have n- no quarterback yet, but uh, you know picks in the top ten. Two of those jobs you do have your long term quarterback there, but I'm not sure that you want the guy <laughs> with Kyler and with Russell Wilson. Yeah. Like Houston's weirdly, if you can get past the fact that Casario wants to manage in game, uh, <laughs> Houston's kind of a interesting spot because they have five picks in the top seventy three. The Carolina roster is one of the youngest in the league. Um, so, uh, you know, Matt Matt Rule walked and got fired, so someone else could fly. Um, you, if you want to go to Indianapolis, you could uh, deal with Ursay. You know, so it's not. not the most like attractive head coach openings either, but there's that, you yeah, know, so when you said the Clyde Edwards Hilaire thing, it made me think of just over the weekend. I was thinking about this. Like, do you remember a couple like off seasons ago, how like Joe Brady was this like huge name, like coming <laughs> off that national championship. And I think of him and Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Ed Orgeron. And then I'm just like, was it you or? Was it the was it Joe, Burrow? Joe Burrow, Jamar Joe Chase, Burrow. and Justin Jefferson? Maybe that yeah, helped. Three Js. Hmm. I don't it know. The yeah. Three Js. Maybe it was that. Two of them MVP Ooh. candidates this year. I'm just so like we're picking mm-hmm. this weekend, boys. I'm not. I don't know how you can go against Joe Burrow right now. I really don't. And then also I'm you factor you. in the Mahomes injury. Like how much is that? You know. I mean, I'm, I think I roll Bengals there, and I just I can't go against the Eagles right now. Coming off the way they played against the Giants, and I just think that. Time is going to run out on, on old Purdy. I just, you play like you did against the Cowboys in that game. They're not beating the Eagles. So he's going to have to make some big throws to like win the game. And he could, who knows? Maybe he is the next Tom Brady. I'm just, there's part of me that thinks this thing's going to come down and everyone's going to look back at this Niners team, just like with the Garoppolo teams and be like, yeah, that was a good story. But that's also the reason they ended up losing. Cause everything else is awesome on this team, except for that one thing. And that one thing was a cool story. But it also wasn't good enough to get it done. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm with you on Burrow. I, I think he's, I think he's one of the coolest quarterbacks that's that's ever played already. It, just in terms of just the coolness element of him, he has so much swag and and he's like Joe Namath, dude. He's he's the type of guy that like you know people people say like you'd run through a wall for. If I was a teammate on that on that team, like I'd run through a wall for Joe Burrow. Um, I, I think Joe Burrow, along with Mahomes' injury and the history of beating the Chiefs, is 
but I but I'll take the 49ers. I, I think I, I am a believer in the Purdy story a little bit right now. I I told you I think I said this last week on the pod. I I just see a lot of 2001 Patriots in in some of this 49ers run um, in in terms of how they're rolling. So it, it was concerning to see how many of them were DNP practices today. But. Man, that's true. They got that great defense and they got that kicker that doesn't miss in the playoffs. This is lining up for them. Uh, the one thing I was going to say about the Burrow thing that, I mean, I know it obviously gets mentioned a lot, but it can never be mentioned enough as far as I'm concerned. Again, coming from being a Lions fan is it's also the organization he's doing it with. Let's not act like he stepped into a San Francisco situation yeah. or he stepped into like the Chiefs deal like that Mahomes did. And I love both of uh, you know, I love those those situations, and, and those are all great and everything like that. But there's some organizations that are, you know, your bottom level is just very, very high still. You're still going to be around 500 when you're even bad. The Bengals, to do that, and you just look around at the rest of that roster, it's just like, damn, man, like, it is it's really impressive. Well, uh, I'm going to stick in. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like the Bengals, I picked them to beat the Bills last week, but going against Patrick Mahomes seems like a bad thing to do but the Bengals have had their number so it's like kind of tough to do so I'm gonna do it Bengals I'm with Saad though I, I think the 49ers are better than the Eagles and I know the Cowboys nearly got on top of them but I think if the Cowboys are playing the Eagles I might be picking them if the Cowboys gonna beat the 49ers so without power um, oh yeah that, that, that changed everything yeah I forgot about that part 49ers Eagles uh, 49ers Bengals for me as well but we'll figure that out Next week, we'll do some uh, free agency talk, guys. Right? Sounds good. Oh, yeah. What are we going to do about the future of Tyron Smith, Dalton Schultz, Tony Pollard? That's a good tease for next week's episode. Love it. For uh, Father John Mashoda, for Saad Youssef, and for our producer, Kent Garrison, uh, I'm Kevin K.T. Turner. We'll see you next week on About Them Cowboys. Uh, we're sick. We're sick. What did you think? Sick. <laughs>